get better over time. They just say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. Well, howdy! It is your girl, Miss Chardonnay, and yes, she's back. And so is her show. Pour it up right here on Uber Radio. Hi, everybody. I know it's been a while. I know y'all missed me. But we all know there's been things going on in this world that took up the spot for the most important things happening. And especially Black Lives Matter movement. And as a white person, I just felt that I needed to step back and let these stories be on the forefront because that is an issue where change needed to be made. It needed to be made immediately and it really needed to be brought to the attention of people. And I didn't want to detract from that. So I just stepped back. I tried to contribute and like use my platform to kind of show people how to use resources, how to recognize their own privilege to donate to bail funds, to uh, kind of recognize the systems of injustice, but most of all to highlight, um, yeah, black creators, black artists, black queer artists, black trans artists, because at this time, these are the voices that should be heard, but not just not just at this time, but going forward too. We need to recognize this isn't just a fad, this isn't just like a two-week thing where we all post a black square on our Instagram. This is something that we need to keep up, not just for like an extended period of time, for good. <laughs> we can't just be like, well, your rights matter now for like this week, but then next week um, I am going to be concerned with something else. No, this is change that needs to be permanent. And yeah, I want to contribute in this any way that I can, but also I'm, I'm a white cis male. I have a lot of privilege. So yeah, I try to learn, and if there's anything in this podcast that somebody takes offense to, or that is, is perceived as being insensitive, or like um, not recognizing some privilege or bias, please, everybody, tell me I'm willing to learn and grow, as I think all of us should be. So if there's anything, send me a message on Instagram, it's at char.de.ne, give me a follow while you're at it, and... Tell me how I can become a better ally for those people who deserve equal rights because everybody deserves them. That much for an intro and while I now am back with my podcast here and I do want to get back into celebrity news, I also at the same time want to keep it topical so I am going to focus on things that relate to the Black Lives Matter movement and that relate to kind of instances of racial inequality being somewhat dismantled at different ends of the entertainment industry and celebrity culture because this is at the center of this podcast. As always, I'll be having a little drink because I am everybody's favorite blonde bombshell crossdresser, Miss Chardonnay, and I am cheap, white, and what will get you drunk? So I bought a wonderful bottle of Chardonnay, and th this one is titled 19 Crimes. I always choose my wines to have like a fun little quirky name, and yeah, I think we'll be exposing about 19 crimes in this podcast, so pour it up and <laughs> let's dish. Because the celebrities have not been sleeping at all. And honey, the tea is hot. <laughs> 
so it's not good to keep things bottled up pour it up and let's get into it I think one of the main one of the main things that we've that has been brought to our attention has been somebody who hinted at their prejudice at several occasions but now she's just gonna fall off the rack like nothing magical about this honey it's JK Rowling who has fully exposed herself as a turf what's a turf turf which is t-e-r-f stands for trans exclusionary radical feminists and it's basically a sadly pretty pretty big medium to to big sized group of feminists who really want to stand up for what they consider women's rights and for them trans people don't focus into that they don't factor into that for them trans people are like men trying to dress up as women trying to be women or even they recognize that that they are in some way women but for them to be female you have to have a vagina you have to be born female and honey it's 2020 we all know that this is wrong because gender identity and sex are not the same thing jk rowling certainly <laughs> disagrees with me in this one and she's gone on one twitter tirade after the others and has posted a lengthy essay on her homepage, uh, going like yes the trans uh, rights movement is a danger to all girls because we'll have men in the women's bathroom and like as an abuse survivor myself a sexual abuse survivor i'm um i feel unsafe and i'm just like girl what obviously nobody makes light of, of sexual abuse but also it is so offensive and hurtful to equate a trans woman wanting to use a female bathroom because she is a woman with like I don't know what they think, like like a big butch lumberjack man who's gonna be like, today I'm gonna say I'm a woman to like look at little girls in the bathroom stall. Honey, give me a fucking break. <laughs> that is so ridiculous and it's so offensive. And it's a classic example of movements who fight for social acceptance, but then at the expense of somebody else. We see it in the queer community, where a lot of cis gay men uh, exhibit blatant transphobia and racism because for, they've been a minority all their lives. And now finally they want to be in the position of power. And then they push down against a minority within the minority. And it's the same with feminists. Yes, um, rights for women are advancing, but they're not for all women. It's just, it's just us, but then Let's ostracize this subgroup. Let's ostracize trans women. Honey, y y your fight for your rights doesn't need to come at the expense of somebody else's rights. It's just ridiculous. And I think it's especially sad because J.K. Rowling has created such a wonderful magical world with the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> I'm just going to say it prior to The Cursed Child because there was a whole other thing. And really impacted so many people's childhoods in such a positive way, especially showing like love is the strongest force in the universe, like the power of persistence and friendship in the face of, of evil and um, appreciating like the way you're unique, how that makes you special. And now <laughs> she's kind of like really tarnishing that entire legacy. Um, but again, recognizing privilege and bias, people have pointed out that the Harry Potter universe is um, pretty problematic to say the least 
let's look at the elves and Gringotts, who are people who are looked down upon, a different species with hooked noses who are good with money, and many people see in this a thinly veiled allegory for classic stereotypes against Jewish people. And the same with uh, the Irish characters in Harry Potter. We have Seamus Finnegan, who is the only named Irish character in the books, and his only talent is blowing himself up. And then we have the Weasleys, who are red-haired and check many boxes for stereotypes against Irish people. Red-haired, raggedy clothes, little money, too many kids. And it's just... I'm not saying these characters are all like portrayed in an exclusively negative manners. I think I think the Weasley family is obviously like some of the biggest protagonists of the books, but there's just a lot of kind of implicit stereotypes within these characters. I mean, talk about Cho Chang. That is a whole different story. So it is painful, something that so many people hold so dear to kind of recognize that it can be and, and is very, very flawed. But um, luckily, stars of the Harry Potter movies like Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson have spoken out and uh, made it a point to say, well, we're very thankful to J.K. Rowling to what she's given us with her work, but also we vehemently and fundamentally disagree with her. Trans women are women and they deserve to be treated as such and get legal recognition as such. And so I can just applaud them. And um, I'm not saying everybody should stop watching Harry Potter movies because I do think that the underlying message of these books of persistence of love and everything and the whole magical atmosphere is wonderful. And I know that it really gave me a lot growing up. But I also just think re-watching and re-reading these, these, these works we should maybe keep things in mind and recognize bias when it occurs in these books alright that's, uh, that's for that but it is also a really important topic because this is about transphobia and especially in the context of the Black Lives Matter movement we have to recognize that not only do Black Lives Matter but especially Black Trans Lives Matter because Trans people of color are one of the most marginalized groups who are the most prone to depression and suicide, to violence, police brutality, and literally brutal, violent murder. Trans people are murdered every day. It's insane. And they're the weakest people because in so many communities, they're just excluded and struggle to find their place because it's the whole thing of intersectionality. Not only are they discriminated against because they're people of color? They're also discriminated against because they're, they're trans. And the intersectionality means that they're also discriminated against because they are trans people of color. So I think for anybody who, who isn't a trans person of color, we should lend a hand and try to protect people who are struggling more than us and who are being discriminated against on a personal and a structural level because if we have the power and the privilege to recognize that and kind of make a difference i think any decent human being should and that's um on jk rowling because she is openly using her large platform especially with young people to attack trans people and that is just disgusting to me it's absolutely disgusting and i will say that luckily we see that some people are recognizing their privilege and stepping up or rather stepping down 
For example, Disney World. Disney has uh, decided to close the Splash Mountain ride at Disney World. And Splash Mountain, I myself haven't been to the Disneyland or Disney World, but the Splash Mountain ride is based on a movie from 1946 called Song of the South, which is very much associated with, with topics of um, slavery, of white supremacy. There are a lot of themes in, the, in there. Like, it's... It's, it's, it's racist. <laughs> Let's just get it out there. So Disney World has decided to replace this ride with a Princess and the Frog themed ride. And for those who don't remember, um, The Princess and the Frog was the first Disney movie with a black princess, Princess Tiana, voiced by the amazingly talented Annika Nonni Rose. And I, for one, am happy. It's a lovely movie. If you haven't seen it, I do really recommend it. I think the music is lovely. The characters are great. Even if the first black princess spends the majority of the film uh, as a frog or is it the prince see it's been a while since i clearly need to catch up on that movie myself but i think she's a frog anyways <laughs> was it him that's a frog regardless it's a good movie watch it and i'm glad disney world is highlighting the first black princess because she's amazing and there was this controversy when wreck it ralph Two Ralph Breaks the Internet was released, I think, two years ago, and there was a scene featuring all the Disney princesses, and Princess Tiana was very clearly whitewashed. Her skin was made much lighter than it had been in the original movie, and her hair was was made to look a little less Afro, a little uh, less black, and it was just offensive because it was like, oh, you can't you can't put the first black Disney princess in a movie and have her be like as black as she was in her movie. You have to whiten her down. Girl, no. So let's hope that the, the ride at least is gonna do Tiana justice because she is an icon and she deserves it. We've seen it also in the music industry that a lot of artists have recognized that maybe even their name is inherently racist or at, at best insensitive. And this comes shockingly, especially from the country genre. Well, we have Lady Antebellum, who make great music, but their um, the name Antebellum, which is Latin for before the war, is a term that kind of came from a romanticized feeling for um, the, the, the American South, like the, the southern states in the US, because it was kind of like the nostalgia for the pre-war times of secession and in effect, slavery. So they changed their name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A, which I guess, yeah, is recognizing <laughs> the meaning behind it and kind of like not changing it, but shortening it in a way. It's it's some change. And the Dixie Chicks um, changed their name to the Chicks because um, the word Dixie, which I didn't even know, but it refers to um, the Southern States especially the confederate states so um dixie or dixieland is a nickname that was given to like the states like from from texas up to to um the virginias yeah and the the dixie chicks are now the chicks and they've always been very political i mean we remember the controversy when they were cancelled or almost cancelled for speaking out against george w bush so um good for them staying true to themselves and also i don't think people are gonna 
Well, some, some people sadly might. I don't think it's gonna change anything about their music if they change their name. People change their name all the time. Look at Prince. Alrighty. And then other people have stepped down also. Notably, Jenna Marbles, one of the biggest, most subscribed to YouTubers in the world. She has 20 million subscribers on YouTube and she has decided to step down from YouTube for the foreseeable future at least. Because she has made videos in the past that were racist. There have been videos in blackface, there have been videos in yellowface. I remember she had this song that was called um, Bounce That Dick and there's this one line where she dresses up in, uh, as a Chinese man, full yellow face, and um, goes like, hey Ching Chong, Wing Wong, shake your something ding dong, like, it's horrible. It's absolutely fully racist and so she's she said she's gonna take a break from YouTube and honestly I I always enjoyed her content but um, it's probably for the best I'm not saying she should like disappear from the from the limelight but it's good for her. she's she's um, changed all of the racist videos from public to private where I'm like she should have also just deleted them but okay and she should reconsider her privilege and then um, maybe try to, to incorporate that and actively um, be, be more inclusive and anti-racist in her future content. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Meanwhile, on TV shows, people have also been stepping down. Mike Henry on the cartoon show Cleveland Brown, Kristen Bell on the show Central Park, and Jenny Slate on the show Big Mouth have all uh, quit the show because those are all animated shows and they the three of them are white actors slash actresses and voiced characters of color and so they said we want to give this this platform to to a person of color we think a black character should be voiced by a black person otherwise it's it's the same with trans representation where trans characters are constantly played by um cis actors and actresses so they were like we're gonna step back and let somebody um, yeah, let a person of color voice that character. It is a, it is a, is like a big discussion because people are like, well, if we're only gonna have people portray a character that I exactly the same way as the character, doesn't that take away from acting? For example, when there was a controversy about who should portray Harriet Tubman in the movie Harriet, and Cynthia Erivo was chosen, but she's British, and people were like, oh, should she, as a British black woman, portray such an important such an important character in the history of black people in the US? Well, she, she, she obviously did, did a good job, but I think overall, like, the issue isn't that, that, like, the issue isn't necessarily that the actor or actress has to be exactly the same as the character, but it is that trans people just proportionally get so much less roles offered than cis people, and that if, like, trans people are so rarely asked to play a cis character, that the only roles they can mostly play are of trans characters, but then if cis people also play trans roles. There's no roles left for trans actors and actresses. So, and the same goes for for people of color. I mean, the the underrepresentation, uh, not just of black characters, but especially of Hispanic and Asian characters on television and uh, in the movies, are um, shocking. <laughs> 
So I do think that's a good step to just, especially if it's a black character and it's an animated show. Like, it's not like you have to change the character because it's an animated character. And if you change the voice to somebody who actually matches up with the ethnicity of the character, I think it's, it just makes a lot of sense. And I don't really see any issue with that. So I'm glad they, they decided to do this because I, I do believe that this was a, was a good call. So good for them. Recognizing their privilege, stepping back, allowing other people to shine. That's what we all, as good allies, that's what we should be doing. Alright. Now I, y'all know me, because I'm, I'm, I'm always talking about Netflix shows, movies, what I've been watching, because especially with this heat outside, I'm either spending my days at the lake or with the curtains closed in my room watching Netflix. Real Housewives of Atlanta and of Beverly Hills and I think of New York dropped on Netflix. So I've been binge watching all of that juicy drama and it is good. I love it. I love it. I mean, one of the reasons why I took a break the last couple of weeks was also because I was writing my, my master's thesis and the topic was shocking. <laughs> um, reality television because I just love it and for me it's extremely enjoyable. However, there are some things on Netflix that I've enjoyed less. So I will choose one movie that I recommend to watch and one movie that literally nobody should be watching because it's absolute awful filth. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with the bad one because we, we wanna end on a positive note. The movie nobody should be watching is called 365 Days. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it because it's been everywhere. It's the movie everyone has been talking about because it is a Polish movie, which is, which is interesting. Because, well, the interesting thing is that as like a Polish independently produced movie, it shot up to the top 10 or top 5 most watched movies in so many countries around the world. It has been compared to Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's slightly different. So the story is that there's like this, this young Polish woman who's obviously very beautiful, very attractive, and she works like as an executive in some agency. And then there's a mafia boss from Italy, and he sees her and becomes obsessed with her, and then he kidnaps her and tells her she has 365 days to fall in love with him, hence the name. And uh, so he, he kidnaps her, <laughs> keeps her captive, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to force you to have sex with me, but um, yeah, you'll fall in love with me eventually, and then you, you're going to want it. And it's just like, the fuck? <laughs> because this is just insane. And I just know that there's going to be so many people glorifying this. Because this film is probably the most graphically sexual film that Netflix has ever shown. Fifty Shades of Grey is tame as fuck compared to this. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is just like romanticizing BDSM, but like in a really unrealistic manner. But 365 Days is so graphically, so explicitly sexual. I only watched scenes because I didn't want to watch the full movie because uh, I just don't want to give them another another view. But like the scenes I've seen made me uncomfortable because of how graphically and aggressively sexual though they were. 365 Days is a rape fantasy that is one and a half hours long. And that gives the man complete power over a woman's life. He literally holds her, holds her captive. And in the end, this is portrayed as something the woman would want. And obviously, spoiler alert, but um, I'm going to spoil it because you don't want to watch it. She gives in and they, they want to get married. So literally, the man can can take 
the woman out of her life, away from her friends and her family, and her existing relationship. Aggressively use her as a sexual object, and then this is what the woman should desire. And honey, if you think this is bad, um, it's the first part of a trilogy. So we're probably gonna get two sequels, and it just it just really makes me makes me sad and worried because I think there's a lot of impression of impressionable people. Yeah, I know it's like I sound like a like I sound like a grandparent who's like, oh, but you've gonna watch this both. It's gonna it's gonna um, give you a wrong system of values. But honey, that's just a tea because this is problematic. This is not how people should learn about relationships and obviously he's a very attractive man but in this romanticized narrative it's glorifying sexual harassment, it's glorifying kidnapping. It's just I really really hate that this is not only a movie but also that this is so as successful as it is and yeah I'm disappointed in Netflix for giving it the platform that it has. I don't think that Netflix should have done that. So instead, a movie I'm gonna highlight because it's it's great, and I think everybody should be watching it. And it also relates to all the things we've been discussing is called Disclosure. It's also on Netflix, it just dropped, and it's a documentary. It's not a fictional story, but it refers to a lot of fictional stories because it is about a trans representation in the media. And this is a topic that has been so little talked about because trans representation is still so, so scarce and so bad. We have Pose, which we, literally is a landmark show, not only because of how many trans characters and trans characters of color it has, but also that so many of the producers of the entire crew are trans people. So they're in front of the camera and behind the camera. And it shows because it is one of the most like fleshed out and differentiated representation of trans people. And I love it. Pose is a great show. Season 3, I think, was confirmed. Watch the first two seasons on Netflix. It's it's amazing. And as a drag artist, I owe... Well, as a drag artist and a queer person, I owe most of my rights and the, the scene I live and perform in to trans people of color because they were the ones who started the gay rights movement in Stonewall. And actually rephrase... I don't like to call it the gay rights movement because I find that it's exclusionary, so I'm gonna say the queer rights movement. And um, they also, like most drag queens, this is addressed in the movie, in this closure, most drag queens get their inspiration um, from the ballroom scene and they get their inspiration from like queens who had to be um, who had to be street workers and prostitutes and they were mostly trans women of color and they because hormones, for example, and gender reassignment surgery wasn't available to them. They had to work with, with makeup and with padding and with outfits to feminize their appearances. And therefore, um, drag queens for performative purposes kind of took these tricks and applied it to themselves. So yeah, a lot of things that, that make drag what it is comes from trans people of color. And so credit where credit is due. And this movie really shows how trans people in their representation in the media have been marginalized and criminalized. It's insane how many times trans people have been portrayed as serial killers, as psychopaths, as a sick, twisted, deranged individuals, and mostly they get locked up or killed. It's absolutely shocking, but just to recognize how, how pervasive this problem is and how 
unjust this representation has been. It is a movie, I think it's also one and a half hours long, I recommend it as a must watch for everybody. And yeah, don't watch 365 days because that is gonna teach you a whole wrong set of morals and at times it's just uncomfortable to watch. Watch Disclosure instead because this will enlighten you and it is, these are the stories that need to be told. Alright, but also for the future I heard there's a new movie coming out and I could not talk about it because it's me. Um, apparently there's gonna be a third Mamma Mia film, yes, you heard that correctly. And, because it was always supposed to be a trilogy, apparently, I just hope they don't wait another 10 years for it. And there's going to be four new original other songs in there that have never been heard before and the group is working on them. And honey, that is great news and that lets me look into a beautiful future. <laughs> Alright, look at this, time flies when you're having fun. We're almost at the end of the show. But as you know, I always highlight something I find on the internet that I think is a beautiful tidbit of internet culture, of meme culture, and that kind of um, brightens up my day. And today, today's bite-sized beauty, that's what I call this little segment, is um, from one of our favorite pop divas. And I mean, Cher did it first. Cher one of the most iconic things about Cher is her Twitter account because it's so random but like it's you can't not love it because it's so odd her tweets everybody check out Cher's Twitter it's hilarious and so she, like she was iconic before but her social media made her even more iconic and somebody else who's been doing that is Miss Britney Spears the princess of pop her Instagram is just so profoundly strange and odd but that kind of makes her more lovable even I absolutely, I absolutely adore it. And she has taken Pride Month, June, as an occasion to signal her support <laughs> for the LGBT community. And we're just gonna listen to it. To all my friends at the LGBTQ community, happy Pride Month. You guys bring so much heart, passion, and articulate everything you do. Because of you, I've had the best nights of my life. I love you so much, it hurts. Happy Pride Month. Baby, be quiet! I just really love it because <laughs> Britney makes it sound like it's literally a community center where all of the LGBT people meet. <laughs> and the fact that like she shuts down her boyfriend at the end, it's just iconic start to finish. I live, I love. Go Britney. Alright everybody, this is the end of our show. And as you know, I always give out awards, one for the best, one for the worst. I'm gonna see who impressed me this week, who's getting a refill, and who's going down the drain because, honey, nobody wants to drink you. You are not welcome in this glass, in this house, and in this life. All right, who's getting a refill? Who impressed us? I think the answer is simple. There's been a th there's been one topic that has dominated this episode and has dominated social discourse, the Black Lives Matter movement. Everybody who is black or who's advocating for Black Lives Matter is getting a refill because um, it's deserved and because there's still so much to be done. Yes, a lot of progress was made, but the murders of Breonna Taylor still haven't been arrested. People get killed by police brutality every couple of days 
And now thanks to social media and to, to smartphones, we, we can hear their last words and them literally pleading for their life and police will still sit on their necks and, and, and watch them die for like 12 minutes and inject them with, with ketamines and, and ultimately kill them. And so this is absolutely something where more where change has been made, but absolutely more change needs to happen. So Black Lives Matter yesterday, today, tomorrow. Who's going down the drain? Well, obviously... <laughs> anybody who's racist but um also jk rowling because honey this is a time where people should stand together advocate for the rights of others and not try to like lift yourself up by tearing others down it's absolutely disgusting so jk um bye bitch <laughs> i can rewatch harry potter and focus on like emma watson daniel radcliffe knowing like um they support trans rights, but boo, you don't, so, um, adios. Alright, everybody, this was me, Miss Chardonnay, and uh, this was my show, Pour It Up, with a Black Lives Matter-themed episode, because, honey, they do, and if you didn't know, I'm concerned for you, <laughs> but now you do. So look into resources, how you can keep your voice heard even after maybe the Black Lives Matter posts start like fizzling out and you don't see them on your timeline as, timeline as much anymore. Look into resources, how you can um, bring justice to people who have been killed, how you can prevent further crime from happening and why defunding the police is a good thing. <laughs> and if you're American, vote bitch because we need Trump out of the White House. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Oh, well. We won't be seeing each other because this is not a video podcast. <laughs> but you'll be hearing from me. Much love, Miss Chardonnay.